Thank you, Tom and Bobby, for that um, fitting reminder and a beautiful song. So, well, good morning. Um, I looked up um, last time I preached here um, was six months ago to the day. It was January 3rd, so I guess I'm on a, on a twice-a-year schedule or something like that. I don't know. Um, I appreciate you being here. It was announced, Dave announced last week that I was preaching, so I thought we might have a, an empty crowd today, but uh, you all showed up, so blessings on you. <laughs> Thanks for showing up. <laughs> has nothing to do with me or Dave, right? Um, my wife and I, I've, I've talked about this, my wife and I have different tastes in movies. Um, I... I love long arc stories. I love stories that take us on a journey and show movement, show a person or show a situation and show movement over time. The problem with a lot of these stories for my wife is that they don't have happy endings, right? Do you like those, those movies where it shows this character who battles and struggles and starts in this place and fights against the system and gets all the way to the end of the movie and everything they worked for just dies, just no effect, nothing changes, and you see this changed individual. I love those stories, I appreciate those stories. Those stories feel like life sometimes, right? Lynn hates those movies, I can't watch those with her. Um, But I love long arc stories, so we're we're continuing our, whoo, I almost played soccer with the microphone. Um, we're, gonna, we're continuing this journey with Elijah today, but we've kind of done this hit and miss thing with Elijah. So I wanted to start and show the long arc of Elijah and his ministry through 1 Kings. So I'm going to visually move on the stage to help us out here, okay? So <clears throat> um, review of the life of Elijah from Scripture in 1 Kings. Okay, 1 Kings chapter 16, Elijah's not there, okay? But Ahab becomes king of the northern kingdom Israel, um, and he, and the, the introduction of this king is not good, okay? <laughs> it says, he did more evil in the eyes of the Lord than any of the kings before him. So this is not, this is not a good start for Ahab, okay? Uh, marrying Jezebel from Sidon, he, she was passionate about her worship um, of Baal, and she encouraged it and encouraged Ahab that way. Um, probably not a good choice for the king of Israel, most would say, um, but that's where we start, okay, First Kings 16. So chapter 17, here's, seven, that's 16, this is 17, okay, chapter 17, um, Elijah shows up. Do you remember where he was from? Tish, Tishbite, right? Elijah the Tishbite. This is like the sticks, right? What's your sticks? What, like, is it PL or Labam or I don't know what, what's, I don't know what your sticks is, but that's where he was from, right? Not to offend anyone from PL or Labam. It's not starting out great, folks. Uh, stands up to Ahab and says, sorry, dude, there's not going to be any rain for a while. A few years, it's not going to work. And then the king gets mad. His evil wife gets mad. And so he's like, I'm out of here. And he goes to the ravine. Okay, he was fed by ravens and, and, and drank from a brook, but he just said there's going to be no more rain. And so what happens to the brook? It dries up. See, he should have thought about that before he went there. But um, anyway, after that goes to Zarephath 
and fed by a widow for some time. Um, the writer of 1 Kings isn't real specific about the timing element. So we have these estimates. We have these ideas of how long it might have taken. But scripturally, it just says for some time. So that's, that's chapter 17, okay? And we had, a, we had a sermon on the 5th of June about his time fed by the widow, okay? If you remember that, if you were here that week. Okay, chapter 18, come on over here. Uh, interesting exchange between Elijah and Obadiah. Okay, Obadiah was in the king's court. He was a Yahweh worshiper, though, a follower of God, a follower of the true king and, and God of Israel, Obadiah. And, and Elijah and him have an exchange, and, and Obadiah's like, I, I don't want to go talk to the king and tell him anything about you because I bring up your name, and it's not going to be good for me. Um, they have this little interesting exchange. But after that happens the big battle on Mount Carmel, right? Remember Mount Carmel and, and the, the prophets of Baal um, and, and the two sacrifices that were prepared um, and, and, and big battle of the bands, right? The band of the Baal worshipers and then the band of one who was Elijah, the Yahweh worshiper, um, and the slaughtering of the Baal prophets. And then and, and the, the, the altercation on Mount Carmel, we talked about that. That was on June 19th. Um, and then after that, Elijah has this time where he prays for rain. Okay, we're going to talk about that today. So we're going to be in chapter 18 over here. Okay? Chapter 19, about the center of the stage. Okay? Um, Jezebel threatens Elijah. She didn't like what happened on, <laughs> remember Mount Carmel? Killing all the Baal prophets. Remember what I said about Jezebel over here? She really liked Baal. She liked the prophets of Baal. Okay. Back here at 18, all the Baal prophets are died, or are slaughtered. They're died. They die. No more. They don't breathe anymore. Okay. We're getting through this. Okay, long arc stories. Hang with me. We'll get there. My wife's going. <laughs> uh, Jezebel threatens Elijah. Says, you kill all the prophets of Baal. This is not okay. And so he flees to Horeb. Okay, Mar Mount Carmel was kind of the, the center of Baal worship. Mount Horeb is known as the, the mountain of God. Right? And the Lord appears to Elijah in the still small voice or the silence. Remember that? sermon on June 12th where God wasn't in the wind that tore the mountain apart. God wasn't in the earthquake that shook the mountain. God wasn't in the fire that consumed the mountain, but God was in the silence or the still small voice. Okay, and then he goes to anoint Elisha after that. He says, God says, you need to go anoint your successor who's going to be Elijah, and so he goes and does that. Okay, chapter 20. Elijah's not here. <laughs> they skip, Elijah skips a, past, a chapter in chapter 20. There's a fairly long narrative, and there's a prophet that's mentioned, but Elijah is never named. So scholars don't know. They assume that probably if it had been Elijah, that they probably would have mentioned his name, but he's not in chapter 20. Chapter 21, uh, an exchange about Naboth's vineyard. Now, we, we didn't cover this in the series. Um, it's an interesting story of jealousy, an interesting story of lusting after what your neighbor has and what you don't have. The king was denied the vineyard. Jezebel says, that ain't right. My husband get what gets what he wants, um, has Naboth killed, and he takes over. Um, and Elijah confronts him, okay? Ahab is humbled. Ahab is in tears and tears his clothes. Jezebel, not so much. Anyway, that's chapter 21. Chapter 22, Elijah is not listed as a prophet in the conversation that Ahab has with the king of Judah. So Ahab's talking to the king of the southern kingdom, 
known as Judah. So the king of Israel, king of Judah, having a conversation. Ahab's not mentioned as one of the prophets that's still around. I think, or, or Elijah is not mentioned as one of the prophets that's still around. I think Ahab's like, yeah, let's not talk about him. <laughs> he hasn't been my favorite so far. So, um, but then Ahab dies. Ahab dies in 22. And then we go over to 2 Kings chapter 1. There's a new king, Ahaziah. Ahaziah. He falls through a lattice. Don't know what you're doing climbing on a lattice, and I don't know how you fell through Ahaziah, but it's not a good kingly thing to do. Um, he gets hurt. He sends messengers, however, to Baal, Baal Zebub, okay, uh, 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 a foreign, prophets of a foreign god. Um, messengers are sent, and what does Elijah do? Elijah shows up on their way to go see the the prophets of Baal Zebub, and says, "What are you doing?" Why are you going to that God? What's up? And so they turned around and says, eh, met this guy out in the wilderness, said he probably shouldn't go to those. And so the king sends messengers out to go find Elijah, sends three groups of 50 people out. The first two <laughs> don't have good endings. This is Second King chapter 1, if you want to read it. Third one is successful. Elijah tells the king, um, okay, I'll, I'll engage this conversation. He comes down the mountain and says, Sorry you were walking on the lattice, but you're going to die. And then he dies. Um, and then Second Kings chapter 2, long arc story. Stay with me. I'm at the end of the stage. You guys are like, Phew. Um, Second Kings chapter 2, Elijah's taken up to heaven before he dies in a chariot of fire. We talked about that last week in June 26th. Okay? So you get the long arc. I, I just wanted to put all this in context. We've kind of been bouncing around, right? The 5th, the 12th, the 19th, 26th. Um, and today we have another story from the life of Elijah, but I wanted to kind of give you the, the broad picture um, of the story and the ministry of Elijah. Today we're going to focus on, what chapter was this? 18, that's where we're at. Chapter 18, thanks, appreciate it. Um, uh, right after the altercation in Mount Carmel, Elijah plays, prays for rain, and we're going to talk about that that part of the story, and I'd like to read it for you. Would you stand in reverence of the reading of God's word as we read from 1 Kings chapter 18. If you have your Bibles or your devices, you can point them there. 1 Kings chapter 18. Um, and I, uh, there were several, I sent the wrong, I didn't send the wrong, I changed my mind. <laughs> we're gonna restart reading at verse 39 of 18, and we're going to continue all the way through 46, okay? 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 39 through 46. When all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, the Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is God. What had they just seen? They had just seen the sacrifice to Yahweh consumed by fire from heaven. That might change your mind. <laughs> that happened to them. Verse 40, then Elijah commanded them, seize the prophets of Baal, don't let anyone get away. They seized them, and Elijah had them brought down to the Kishon Valley and slaughtered there. And Elijah said to Ahab, go, eat and drink, for there is the sound of a heavy rain. So Ahab went off to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, bent down to the ground, and put his face between his knees. Go and look toward the sea. He told his servant, and he went up and looked. There is nothing there, he said. Seven times Elijah said, go back. 
The seventh time the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds, the wind rose, the heavy rain started falling, and Ahab rode off to Jezreel. The power of the Lord came on Elijah, and tucking his cloak into his belt, he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Um, Coming up next month, uh, I will have lived in Centralia for 16 years of my life. Came here in August of 2000. One more year, when I I read 17, um, and it will be the longest place I've ever lived in my whole life. Because we moved a little bit as a kid, and and so this is is home for us. Uh, The longest place I will ever have lived is uh, Centralia, the greater Lewis County area, metropolitan area. Um, Amazing. Um, But one thing I've learned about when I've been here, rain. Do you know what this is? Do you know what rain is? Does anyone know? You guys know what rain is. Okay. So there's different types of rain. You guys understand this. I don't need to tell you this. I'm reviewing this for my own records. Okay. Um, there is the mist drizzle rain. Right? You walk outside, you're like, I think it's raining. I'm not sure, but I'm wet. So, yes, it is raining. The water is present. Okay. And, and you don't really know how it falls from here or goes from here to there, but you know that it's there because you end up, end up wet. Most people in America don't call that rain. They're like, what, what is that? I, it's rain, they just haven't ever seen it before. Okay, um, and then the second type is called soft and steady, right? It's the, it's the normal rain, it just kind of falls, it happens 300 days out of the year. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it just keeps coming and keeps coming, and, and this isn't a problem. Okay, you guys are used to this. We're used to this. Um, It's it's just steady, and it feeds the grass, and it feeds the trees, and it keeps everything green, and it's wonderful. Um, And then there's relentless. Relentless rain is step three, um, and and it, it... there's like big drops and big drops and they come and they come and they come. Um, And this is the one that hits the side of your house at late at night, right? And you're like, okay, yeah, I know that noise. It's gone from soft to steady to relentless. And and we've we've arrived there. Um, And then the fourth type is monsoon, right? (laughs) Happens for three days, the rivers rise, everybody throws the sandbags out and then starts cutting drywall off the the bottom three feet of their house, right? we know this. We've lived here for a long time. This is, this is life in the great Pacific Northwest. Um, I've learned about rain. Do you guys like the smell of rain? There's a lot of places in America that don't know the smell of rain, but we know the smell of rain. We've experienced that smell, and it's unique here. It's, there's a unique smell, I think, regionally. There's the sound of rain. Well, the title of today's message is this. We hear the rain. We hear the rain. Let's go back to Mount Carmel. Okay? We were here with the prophets of Baal. We were here with Elijah. And, and Elijah just throws down the gauntlet and says, it's time. I, 
it's over. The, the time has come for the prophets of Baal to be exposed as the phonies they are. And we're going to throw down. We're going we're gonna to go, go after it. This was home field advantage for the Baal worshipers. Dave talked about this. This was the site of their worship. This is where they had home field advantage. And Elijah gave them every advantage. They got to pick the bull. They got to go first. They got extra time. They, he even like said, maybe your God's napping and maybe he needs to wake up. Come on, let's go. Let's get after it. I think he might have been taunting them a bit. I'm not sure. Um, but Elijah wins the day. Elijah wins the day. And, and there's the whole passage, and I read this. This wasn't an easy verse. This isn't an easy verse for me. But the whole slaughter of the prophets of, prophets of Baal. Um, I don't like the, that result. I don't like the violence. I don't like the violence depicted in the Old Testament, and that's tough for us to deal with um, in our theology of love that we have. Um, we're... We're in a new place. We're not Israel, um, and we're guided by a different set of standards. Uh, I talked a little bit earlier about how, uh, thankfully, we live in America um, and where we're free to worship, where we don't have those, those punishments imposed on us for the worship of Yahweh, for worshiping Jesus Christ, for worshiping God. Um, and so that's, that was tough for me, um, but I'm thankful for my right to worship freely and for all to worship freely. Um, even Baal worshipers are free to worship here in America. Um, and we don't, we don't like that that happens, for we proclaim worship of Jesus Christ as the only true worship, and yet we also proclaim America is the land of the free, don't we? Amen. I think we do. Um, so that's a tough reality, but that's, that was the outcome of this. Um, and and we, we, thankfully we don't have too much time to get into that. But Elijah instructs Ahab on what to do next, okay? Quite possibly the first time in his life that Ahab takes instructions from Elijah. Elijah and, ah, Elijah and Ahab aren't friends, right? They're not friends. Um, but what was Elijah's instruction? Ah, go grab a bite to eat. <laughs> Ahab's like, I'm on it. Let's go, boys. <laughs> right? Like, tell a man it's time to eat, and he's going to follow that instruction. Um, he's all over it. Um, and yet I, I sense from Ahab, just in that moment, in that moment of seeing the prophets of Baal destroyed, and seeing the nation turn their attention to, to Yahweh, and w- what did they say? They said it twice. Look at what they say. The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. I think Ahab had his mind changed. I see a, I, I see a switch in Ahab who, who then begins listening to Elijah, who then follows his instructions. And it was instructions to go eat. Okay, yeah, we got that. But this sense of turning of Ahab and, and, and that's, not, that's not contained in the scripture. That's me kind of reading into Ahab's actions. But, but I, th- I see that possibility. He was maybe even penitent. His mind was turned by the, by the, popu- by the popular opinion. Leaders of countries sometimes have their opinions changed by the popular opinion. And maybe that happened for Ahab. I don't know. We also know that his wife wasn't around. Right? 
We also know that his wife wasn't around because until 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 1, when Ahab told Jezebel everything that Elijah had done, she's not in the story. So maybe that played a factor in it as well. But right after this, right after he says, go and eat, come the words that caught my imagination this week. He said this, for there is the sound of a heavy rain. And I thought, Lewis County knows that, right? Lewis County knows the sound of a heavy rain. Absolutely. These are remarkable and fascinating words to me. We're going to have to come back to them in a bit, but for now, we'll just leave it right there. He heard the sound of rain. Um, Last weekend, was it last weekend? I think it was last weekend. Uh, We went to Mossy Rock Park for the men's camp out. Was anybody there? Raise your hand if you were there. There's lots of boys downstairs over there. Thank you. Thank you for putting your hands up. Um, yeah, we were, we were there. Uh, we were driving out to Mossy Rock Park, right? Down the road. It's wonderful. It's sunny day. And we kind of come down over, down to the bridge. And I don't know if it was, <laughs> I don't know if it was monsoon or I don't know if it was relentless. I think it was probably relentless. But we hit the rain as we came in to the, to the lakes. There was something camping over the lakes that was just dumping, and I'm like, we brought a tent, boys. <laughs> this is going to be fun. Uh, we, we, brought, we brought a tent. Anyway, downpour, steady. We pull into camp, and, and I'm, I'm telling you, we, <laughs> Elias will tell you, he's in the back there. He was there. He, saw, he says, <laughs> I said, we might be sleeping in the car tonight, boys. We might, we might be, we might be sleeping. That, that was kind of disappointing news for them. They were okay with, the, okay with it, though, because it was still that relentless rain, right? I mean, it was, it was heavy. And there was a slight break. So we kind of got out, and I was looking around. You know, the, the, the men at the camp were like, what's wrong with Freeburg today? I was like, looking at the sky, trying to look west around the trees. What's going to happen? Um, and I didn't, I didn't trust the skies, right? I was like, no. There were a couple of people that popped their tents up real quick, and, that, and I was like, I'm not ready for that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ready to commit. Nope, not going to happen. So, and, then, and then it opened up again, right? The skies started pouring down. I'm like, Aiden, Elias, come on, get in the car, get in the car, get in the car. Like I'm allergic to the rain or something. Um, but it was a shorter downpour. It just lasted three or four minutes that time. Um, and then after that, the, the skies really kind of cleared off. And so I think we, we pretty much got the tent up after the last downpour and before dark. Yes. Um, and we, we avoided the rain. Um, but we heard the, the, the rains. Rain can be annoying when you're camping. But most of the time, rain's good. Rain brings life. Elijah has this, this unnamed servant in this story. We were going to talk about the servant um, that apparently has not been worthy of mentioning up to this point, right? I, I followed Elijah, so, so we're here, and I followed Elijah to here and to here and to here. And he wasn't over there. Um, and there's no mention of his servant up to this point. So this is the first time that the servant has been mentioned in the narrative of, of Elijah. Elijah goes up Mount Carmel, Okay, he's just won the battle. He's just won this altercation between him and the prophets of Baal. And he goes up the mountain and he begins to pray. He humbles himself. Scripture says he put his face between his knees in prayer before Yahweh God. And he sends a servant to look. Hey, 
Go, go check and check over the sea. Check and look over the sea and see if, see, tell me, come report to me what you see happening. I'm the servant. People on the podcast are really going to wonder what's going on right now. Elijah, master, I don't see anything. <laughs> like, he was probably excited the first time, right? He's like, I he's praying for rain. Let's go, let's go take a look. Elijah just says, go check again. Elijah, there's, there's nothing. Go again. Okay. I'm, maybe higher? I don't, I don't mean to offend you, master, but I don't see anything. Go again. Okay. We got to move to Lewis County. Elijah, that's four times. There's, there's nothing coming. Maybe we should go eat with the king. You think? Go one more time. Okay. Maybe I should start praying too. Uh, nope. I don't know why he had to go up to see the where the clouds were forming over the sea, but made for a good illustration. Elijah, there's nothing there, man. It's, you want to go look? Maybe if you went, it'll be a little bit better. Six times the charm, I think. Okay. All right, if you say so. All right. I imagine this exchange took a while. I don't think this was easy. Now, it's possible he just had to stand up and turn around, but that wouldn't have been fun. Um... Elijah, I don't see, I don't, I don't see anything. I don't, maybe the, maybe the, maybe the drought's going to continue. Maybe we have a few more years. I don't know what the deal is, but Elijah, it's not, it's not coming. One more time. Okay. Yes, master. It's my job. I'm not sure I can call that a cloud, folks. <laughs> but we're, yeah, right there. Okay. Master, master, master. Master, I see, I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. How do you call a cloud the size of a man's hand? I don't know. 
I don't know how that works. But the servant, on the seventh time, on the seventh time, saw this tiny little cloud, and Elijah knew. And he knew. And he knew. And that was enough. Time to, time, time to interrupt Ahab's meal. Time to head home to Jezreel. Elijah tucks in his cloak, took off. He ran ahead of King Ahab to Jezreel. Um, and, and there again, as, as I read and as I studied this passage, several commentators talked about how there's almost this sense of, of teamwork now, that, that Ahab ran ahead of his chariot, not, not, maybe not even in a race, but almost in company together, that they went and they returned to Jezreel. Um, Ahab, with the will of the people, now understanding that Yahweh was God, just having seen this incredible miracle, Elijah in his company headed back to Jezreel. And they took off. Um, people had seen the power of Yahweh and people were penitent and people were turning and they were saying, this is our God. We remember who our God is and we want to follow. And this was his chance. I think, I think this was Ahab's chance. The sky had gone black. The winds rose up. The rain started coming. Life started pouring from the skies for the first time in three and a half years. James reports that after three and a half years, the skies opened up and the rains fell. Again, we don't have timing listed in First Kings, but James, James chapter 5, and I think it's in your core group reading or your core guide reading uh, this week, um, reports that it was three and a half years of no rain. And Ahab went back. Well, Ahab goes back with this chance to change, right? He goes back, uh, and th- there's this momentum for Yahweh, this, this incredible victory for Yahweh God. Israel's, Israel's God had won the challenge, and Jezebel would have none of it. It's like, oh, no, boyfriend. That's not how it works. Okay, and so she threatens Elijah, and he runs off, and he runs off this time to the mountain of God, to Mount, Mor- Mount Horeb and is distraught. He's almost whiny. He's almost whiny. He says, the Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword, which just happened with the prophets of Baal. Um, I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. Jezebel actually uh, issued a threat at the end of this uh, when, when, when Ahab came back, and Je- Jezebel says, Far be it from me, but within 24 hours, I will have you killed for what you did to the prophets of Baal. She gave, she gave herself a 24-hour time limit to, to get Elijah's head, and so he books it uh, to Mount Horeb and to the mountain of God. God says, we need to chat. You've reached this point, Elijah. I, I, you've been faithful in your ministry, and now you're saying, I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me. And, and he goes and speaks with him in the silence that we talked about um, on June 12th. The story of Elijah returns to this sense of hearing. What does it take to hear the voice of God? That, that it wasn't found in the wind that tore the mountain apart. Now, we're known for rain, and we know how rain can shape and mold the earth here in Lewis County. Wind that tears mountains apart has to be scary wind. The wind that's described uh, in 
in these chapters, chapter uh, 1 Kings 19. Has to be scary wind. Earthquakes that shakes the mountain. I think, wasn't he in a cave? In an earthquake? <laughs> not the best place to be, probably. I'm, I don't know. Um, I'm not an earthquake expert, but that's not where I would want to be found in the middle of an earthquake. He's also in a fire when he was in the cave, right? Uh, you're kind of penned in at that point. I don't know where you're going to go. And then it says, God spoke to him in the sound of the silence, in the sweet, small voice, in the gentle whispers. The same ears that heard the heavy rain coming heard the voice of God in the silence in the next chapter. I think, I think, I want Elijah's ears. I almost called it that, Elijah's ears. My title, Elijah's ears. I didn't go with it, but I think, I think, I want Elijah's ears. Um, I'm probably going to listen to this sermon after we post it online. We post all of our sermons online. This little plug. <laughs> uh, CentraliaChurch.com, and you can go to multimedia and, down, and watch the video sermon or, watch the, or listen to the audio sermon. Um, but it's truly a terrifying and humbling thing to do to watch yourself preach and deliver God's word. <laughs> um, you know, I, I have to sit through it twice. I'm glad you all choose to sit through it once. <laughs> you're, you're quite brave. I, I commend you. Uh, but, but when I sit and re-listen to the words I chose for a sermon, I often wonder, what will people remember? What are you going to remember from today? What parts of the message will embed themselves into your memory cells so that you remember throughout the week? My hope is that you'll begin to see Elijah in the context of what he hears Throughout this whole movement, throughout this long arc, he heard the voice of God. He heard the rain. He heard in Elisha, a young man whose heart was for the Lord. What is it that we hear today? You have lots of choices about what you hear. I mean, the radio dial is full of them, right? There's uh, top 40, country, classical, classic rock, uh, love songs. You have talk radio for the brave. Uh, you can hear ads. You can turn your ears off and try to hear nothing. You can hear rhetoric. You can hear fear. You can hear hate. You can hear love. You can hear hope. You can hear cynics and critics. You can hear analysts and anarchists. You can hear all sorts of things. You get to choose what you want to hear in today's world of options. Like going to a Walmart. Lots of options of what you choose to hear. What is it that you hear when you pause and when you think of this world and when you think about our nation and when you think of your neighborhood and when you think of your group of friends? What is it that you hear? As Christian people, as people who follow Christ, as people who follow Jesus, my hope is that just like Elijah, we hear the rain. Just like Elijah, that we hear the rain. What do I mean? I have a, I have a acquaintance, a guy that I know, um, his name is Scott Daniels, and he, he says this often when he preaches. He says this, as, <clears throat> as Jesus' people, we are convinced of a few things. 
We're convinced of a few things as Jesus' followers. We're convinced of this, that light overcomes darkness, that good overcomes evil, that grace overcomes sin, and life overcomes death. Can I say that again? That's good stuff. As Jesus' followers, we are convinced that light overcomes the darkness, that good overcomes evil, that grace overcomes sin, and life overcomes death. That's the gospel message. That's what we need to hear, folks. That's the message that we need to flood our ears with. That's the rain. That's the life-giving rain. What if that became our filter? What if that was our hearing test? That those are the things that we're going to listen to. Those are the things that we're going to feed our mind and feed our soul and feed our relationships and our lives. What if those were the stations we tuned into in our lives? Oh, the difference. That, that just gets me excited. The difference that would make for this group of people, for my life, for your life, for this group of people, if we could tune in to those messages that support that. Do you know what rain meant to the nation of Israel? Rain was life and hope and promise and crops and food and restoration. Rain meant life could go on. We've had some droughts recently in the past couple years. We've never had three and a half years of drought. We live in a different climate. We live in a different place in the world. But that would be devastating anywhere. Three and a half years. What was rain to these people? We need that same rain today. We need people of the cross to hear the rain coming. The rain of light. The rain of good. The rain of grace and the reign of life. This is the reign of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Nothing else. Jesus. That's all it is. It's not, it's not, it's not the reign of the Nazarene church. It's not the reign of, of um, this church. It's, it's not the reign of, of our nation. It's not the reign of, of our, our country or our political view or our rights or our self-help or our positive thinking. None of this works. The reign of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that light overcomes the darkness, that grace overcomes sin, life overcomes death. And that's the good news. Do you believe that's good news? I believe that's good news, absolutely. Um, there's, there's an interesting thing here between this, this prophet-king relationship. Um, I know... I know some Christians who, who, who like to be prophet to the world. Uh, but, but sometimes we who follow Christ, and I want to say this gently, but I want to say it strongly because I believe it. There's sometimes in life where Christians err on the side of disaster. Like, woe is us. Woe. Oh, it's all, it's all. We're, oh, ah. And that's my summary of the campaign season this year. Um, 
And, and maybe that's God's message. Maybe that's God's message that you feel like God is giving you. But can I just say one thing to the world? Just stop. That's not, that's not our message to the world. As pastor of this congregation, as one who studied the scriptures, as one who's tried to live a life that follows Christ, it's not the message that we need to send the world. We need to say, I hear the rain coming. I hear the rain coming, and it's good. Elijah didn't see the cloud. Elijah didn't see the cloud. He wasn't even kneeling yet. He was off with Ahab. Hey, you go, you go get some food. I hear the rain coming. He heard the rain coming because God answered his prayer. There was a victory on Mount Carmel for Yahweh God. And he said, I hear the rain coming. I have no evidence yet to support it. Not one. But I hear the rain coming. Go eat. Go get a bite to eat. I got something to do. <laughs> My servant has something to do too. I'm not going to do this again, by the way. <laughs> Face between his knees. <laughs> Can't even do it. But he was bold enough to say, I hear the rain coming. The rain that says light's going to beat the darkness. Good's going to beat the evil. Grace is going to beat the sin. And life is going to beat the death. And that's our message. That's our message. That's our message over and over again. That's the message we have to hear. That's the message we have to speak. And if you want to be a prophet in this world, and that's part of our role. We are the prophets of God. You may not see yourself as a prophet. You may have never understood yourself to be that. You see, kind of shy away from that, right? <laughs> I know what happened to the prophets. I read enough Bible to know that. Uh, I commission you as prophets of Lewis County to proclaim these things to proclaim the hopeful message of Jesus Christ that all it takes is a little light and darkness flees. All it takes is a little grace and sin is beaten. All it takes is a little good to invade evil and all it takes is a bit of life and death is beaten. I believe that, guys. I believe that and I want to share that with you today and say, go. Doors open, doors open, go. And be that in the world. Be that in your home, be that in your neighborhood. I confess, that's not always me. It's not always me and I struggle. I can, I can look at the negative of just about any circumstance. I can get pretty depressed. I can get down. I can say, man, this isn't happening right. This isn't working. Forgive me. If you've had a conversation with me and I haven't spoken these words, please forgive me. I have to ask my family to forgive me 
Can we, thank you, can we, in, can we be the people who hear the reign of grace and who invite the kingdom in every day? Little pieces of the kingdom of God breaking in upon this place. I believe the kingdom of God is now. I also believe that in America and in the world today, we probably live more as exiles than anything else. And that's okay. God does good in the exile. And his people grow and his people flourish in exile. We don't need control and we don't need power. We need love to thrive. And so I invite you to live that way. And when we see the kingdom of God, we celebrate it and we worship God and we point all the direction, all the attention back to him. I'm gonna invite the music team to come back. We're gonna sing um, one song that we sang earlier over again called All Who Are Thirsty. I wanna tell you this, I'm thirsty for the rain. I'm thirsty for this kind of rain, that this rain would pour into our world and pour into our lives. This is the business that God is in. God is in the business of infusing the people who walk with God with this sense of knowing that amidst the fear and the darkness and the death that surrounds us, the rain is coming. We sense it, we smell it, and we taste it. And we hear the rain.